Hey, this is Mike Bob, and I'm a guy who used to make things, and sometimes I still do. These days, I prefer making podcasts, and I have a new one called Soundtrack to My Life. On this podcast, I talk to different creative people about the music that shaped them. Sometimes the conversations are funny, and sometimes they're just kind of sweet. I love that Pina Colada song. Yeah, I do. Rihanna has had a huge impact on my songwriting. I'm diving into the ocean, finding that one fish that has the toxins, and I'm just drinking those toxins all day. Maybe they're saying, like, you should now go forth and rock. It's like a peace be with you situation. I also have a playlist called F Jams. One and two. <laughs> Just in case. We dance to a jazz version of my favorite things. Soundtrack to my life. It's available exclusive on Spotify. It's a exclusive. I'm going to try to make that word take off. It's a music plus talk show, meaning I can play songs in their entirety. So think of this as an interactive playlist with some of the coolest creative people I know. And you should know, too. Soundtrack to my life. A Spotify exclusive. Voyager's podcast. I, as always, am Phineas Mike Bobbitt. <laughs> I want to punch I myself it. in the throat. I, I think you should have another kid to name him that or her that. It doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and I'm Bob Wick. Not Jeffrey Jones, because the real life Jeffrey Jones from Ferris Bueller's Day Off is not a good person. No, 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 no. So this is their third episode. This is the first one I'm starting to have a little bit of trouble with. Really? Yeah. And it's starting with the title Bully and Billy. Yeah. Okay. Who's who's bully then if it's not Billy? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Why not bully the kid? Or Yeah, I like that. Before we get started, we're three episodes in. And what I'm having trouble with is the relationship or just like the circumstance. I understand his home life wasn't the best. He lost his parents. His aunt and uncle regret that he was born <laughs> and landed up. Like if it was a Webster situation, we're like, oh, why did I play football with the other guy? I, I, <laughs> why did I agree to be godfather? Uh <laughs> If it was different strokes, it would be like, why didn't I have those people working for me? (laughs) Now I have their children. (laughs) Yeah, it seemed like their biggest problem with losing a family member was gaining a family responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The 80s were weird. So weird. But now we have. Should should we reveal it when we get there? Because Phineas makes a remark that was like, what? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their relationship has changed drastically drastically. from last week. Yeah, it's kind of changed drastically from the beginning of this episode. Right. To the end of the episode. And normally you and I have been really on board for how solid the writing is. This is another yeah. one written by show creator James Perriott, directed by Virgil Vogel, who did the first episode, right. uh, which makes sense because he was a Western director. Uh, I thought for sure that the guy who played the sheriff was going to be one of those old Western actors yeah. that <laughs> had in his back pocket. But no, apparently he's a guy who didn't really start working until the 70s and 80s hmm. and wasn't around for like those Westerns of the spaghetti like the 50s Westerns and 60s and, yeah. or, or even stuff like um, uh, Bonanza and stuff like that. Like. Right. He, you know, he did an episode of Little House on the Prairie, but he wasn't like an old. Everybody did an episode of Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. thing. It was like Homicide Life on the Street. I was about day. to say like CSI. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that guy said Conrad from Michigan, the guy who played the sheriff. Oh, a lot of Michigan yeah. work. I feel like there's some sort of extra Michigan touch in every episode so far. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So how do we start this one off? Uh, we start in Cuba. Yes. Uh, and it bothered I, me because this is the part of the universal backlot <laughs> where you can flood the street uh, okay. is the very first shot. Yeah. Uh, and then it's a little bit off from that in the remaining shot, but it, it's still really just one location there. And it really bothered me that this is the only thing I can think of where they shot it, where you can flood the set and they didn't right. flood the set like i kept expecting oh water is going to come down any second now because it can as it, it did in cuba all yeah, the time oh, yeah oh yeah well okay but still i thought they were going to make use of the one special right. effect that was built in and and maybe i don't know what the cuban accent sounds like <laughs> Yeah. I guess I'm, I was expecting Scar Scarface because I've been around the same time. Mm. But my man, who was playing the general or whatever, I I I could not put my finger on until they said, "Hey, we're in Cuba." I had no <laughs> idea. I had no idea. Yeah, I, I I don't think Pacino got a lot of praise for his Scarface <laughs> accent. I mean, I Him don't want to Robert Loja. No, no. <laughs> Speaking of weird accents um, or surprising accents, I said on an earlier episode, we're watching Better Call Saul right now. Yeah. And um, Hector Salamanca, who is one of the bad guys on Breaking Bad and yeah. Better Call Saul. I watched an interview with him and I always forget that Mark Margolis, who plays him, is a, a Jewish guy from New York and has oh, like yeah. a real New York accent. And uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Is that the guy who rings the bell? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. OK. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting Cuban accent. He made a quite the living hiding his accent. Right. <laughs> yeah. Gina Gallego plays Rita at the beginning of this. She is still a working actor. She was most recently a series regular on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. All right. Um, so that's recent. Yeah. 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 And uh, 28 episodes of Days of Our Lives. And, you know, just kind of shows up in an episode or two of a television series here or there. Was in Aaron Brockovich as well. Bold and the Beautiful. You know, does the soap opera circuit. Here's a weird side note for soap operas. The studio where they shot a lot of soap operas 
was down the street from our apartment in LA. And it's also the studio where they shot a lot of the Netflix Marvel television shows and stuff, which is just kind of funny to me that it would be like, Hey, Punisher shooting in this building and days of our lives is shooting next door. So, yeah. Because if you think of the sets, like the, the Marvel stuff is so much more realistic than you would see on your, uh, your typical (laughs) days of our lives set. Yeah. I really wanted to work on those Marvel shows. One of my Dungeons and Dragons friends did. And which one? Uh, I, any of them, I would have been happy. No, that. like which one did your friend work on? Oh, she worked on a bunch of them. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, it ended up paying like ten bucks an hour, which it's so worth it. Yeah, you, you couldn't even live on ten bucks an hour in Michigan. Yeah, there's no way you could in Los Angeles. <laughs> that's true. So uh, yeah, Cuba <laughs> accents. Yes, Cuban uh, accent. Oh yeah, that was so bad. Like they couldn't get anybody from the coffee commercials from. <laughs> <laughs> No man, it was rough. Uh, it really, it really threw me out of it. And and the set kind of remind me of the same set that they use during the 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 fake parents' death scene. It looked very similar, so I don't know if it was the same one, but it really kind of jumped out at me. Like, oh man, we're only uh, there's only like an episode buffer, and we're still going back to the same stuff. So, well, you know, like I said, this is all universal backlot yeah. where that is. So, um problem with this timeline is there's no teddy roosevelt because he was the 21st or 22nd person killed by billy the kid right so then we have to jump in time and uh we don't quite get to the uh wild west we end up helping ben franklin fly a kite which was a cute scene but it's like i did like you know don't make historical people dumb i i guess <laughs> I, 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 like ben franklin doesn't know how to like to fly a kite really is this <laughs> all right uh the actor who played him fred wayne made a living off of playing ben franklin and was a ben franklin <laughs> expert like that is his claim to fame oh he plays man. ben franklin and stuff is there a lot of money in that <laughs> like how does that work i don't know all right. What if you were having a birthday party and you wanted a Ben Franklin stripper? <laughs> oh, then I got a guy for you. Yeah. And... Uh, well, wait a second. Let's see if Fred Wayne is still with us. Um, I'm sorry. He uh, he left us two years ago at the ripe old age of 93. I wonder if he outgrew the role. Like he was too old to be Franklin. Yeah, he would have. Like he just. Oh. I don't know. Ben Franklin looked like an old guy. Like how, yeah, but he's like sort of like the Tom Waits of founding fathers <laughs> where he, I feel like he probably always looked old. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Tight reference there. Uh, I'll try to tie it to Michigan. His last role was in man on the moon. The uh, Andy Kaufman, or? Andy Kaufman movie. Okay. He's from Akron, Ohio, but also in man on the moon playing Andy Kaufman's sister is my friend Melanie Vesey, who is from Royal Oak, Michigan. So there, that was a strenuous connection. Six degrees of uh, Michigan. Yep. (laughs) How does Voyager tie into Michigan? All right. (laughs) Got a second one for this episode. So, yeah, they help him fly a kite. I like how there are zero clouds in the sky until we cut to the stock footage of a stormy sky. Right. Which, again, I... 
I don't mind it, but it it, it does look uh look bad. How hard is color correction on the color blue to make the blue seem a little bit darker blue? Like I don't. You, I think they make a lens that you can put over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I worked in local cable television in the 90s. So, you know, less than 10 years after this was shot. And I feel like I could make a sky that looked passable, not a clear, sunny blue sky. I feel like Count Scary had better special effects (laughs) than this because he had thunder and everything lightning it was great (laughs) maybe i don't think i was in a bad mood yesterday when i watched this but for some reason i kept getting annoyed by this episode and i don't know why i did like the actor who played billy the kid though because then we get to billy the kid time uh they jump right in to a part of the desert with the very distinctive rocks it was used in star trek for i think the battle with the gorn and stuff like that. It's uh, is that the one with uh, when O'Hare does the dance to dis- distract him. I I was not a big Star Trek fan. Me neither. I, did, yeah. I just remember that part because it, it hit me at the right age. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it it's one of those famous locations. It, it's that and Bronson Caves, also in California. Which uh, anytime you see a cave in the desert. It's this oh. cave. So, yeah, I thought you're still talking about shows or movies. And I, oh. I thought, when was there a cave scene in Bronson? Like <laughs> <laughs> He gets out of prison like I got to go to a cave. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good movie, Bronson. I don't know anyone else who's yeah. seen it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's really good. Yeah. They're caught in quicksand and Billy the Kid rescues them. I thought he was a pretty good dopey looking actor who managed to be simultaneously dopey looking, but charismatic at the same time. Like I bought him as Billy, the kid. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Way better than, uh, Oh, who's my man. Was it? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Played by Frank Capala, who was only other real acting thing is hot dogs. The movie, which was like uh, one of those (laughs) eighties booby ski movies. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, I remember that. That was like something you would see on like USA Up All Night. Like, yes, you know, exactly. Like, you nailed again, it. Perfect. Hit me yeah. at the right age. Uh, yep. <laughs> you and me, you and Rhonda Shear, buddy. <laughs> there you go. Up all night. <laughs> uh, what I did like about his performance, though, it, it, like you said, he has just naturally a look. He was smaller in stature, kind of yep. dopey looking, but you can you can see like were their take on Billy Kid almost having like a Napoleon type complex. Yes. He really, really played that. And he did play like all his wants were obvious. And the way he interacted with the kid was really cool. Like, yeah, you know, he was it, it was really strong. Like it was a really great acting, I think. Yeah. I, I'm surprised that he didn't stick with it because he was a right. handsome guy. Yeah. yeah and, yeah. you know, played this very well. I looked him up on online and I think I found him on Facebook, but he hasn't really been active in years. And I'm basing that entirely on. I found someone with the same name whose profile picture is just someone skiing right. and he was in a skiing movie. So okay. maybe it was him. I I didn't send a friend request or anything like that. You know, that, you. 
I don't know. Hey, I do a podcast. You we mentioned you. Why'd you quit, man? He, what if he has there. a tragic story? <laughs> what if he was about to have a tragic story and then someone from Michigan friend requested, requested him and then praised him for his tight acting skills in, in the TV show? Well, he only had Voyagers. one friend on Facebook. And like I said, he hasn't been active wow. in years. So, oh, maybe he only had one friend because... He only has one friend. Oh, yeah. no. Not I think everyone listening should send him a friend friends. request. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Voyagerettes. Uh, <laughs> Voyagerettes. <laughs> bat breathians. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What's up, bat breathers? <laughs> so, so he saves them. Yep. And Jeffrey is starstruck like crazy. He is dressed up as Billy the Kid for multiple Halloweens. As much as he knows about history, for some reason, does not know that Billy the Kid was not an upstanding fella. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and Phineas is like, hey, didn't you say he killed a bunch of people? And he's like, I, but they could have been bad people. Like, this kid knows who was, like, was the top pilots during World War One. Yeah. And he doesn't know about Billy. The kid. I understand sometimes we have to bend the character's personality to, to push the story forward. But uh, it, it was. Yeah, it was kind of nice in that it ended up swapping the roles of having Phineas be kind of the smart, reasonable yeah. one. And Jeffrey, the one kind of getting into trouble because he's not acting sensible. So I did kind of like it because of that. Billy wants to show Jeffrey how to shoot. Phineas isn't into it. They run into Teddy Roosevelt. Billy wants to have a shootout with Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt's like, nah, <laughs> and well, they kind of talk him out of. Yeah. And hey, um, sir, don't do. Yeah. Uh, the guy who played Teddy Roosevelt was played by Greg Henry, who is a character actor, most notably and recently plays Star Lord's grandpa in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Oh, really? Yeah. Remind me of the dad from uh, the Umbrella Club or Academy. Umbrella Academy. I haven't watched it yet, and I really need so to. Good. Really good. Good actor. Still working yeah. today. I thought it was surprising that he like he still looks pretty much the same these days. And, uh, you know, I, I think they aged him up a little bit to play Teddy Roosevelt. But um, yeah. yeah, he's one of those guys who's friends with James Gunn. So he's been in a lot of James Gunn movies like he's in Slither. And, you know, like I said, Guardians of the Galaxy one and two. He's in the Belko experience, which is experiment, which is a James Gunn produced movie, which is pretty good that i recommend people seeing yeah that's the one with the, the harvard building. kids oh the off yeah okay i was getting yeah. my yes i did oh i like that one that's yeah yeah he was also in the television show hung which was shot in michigan, michigan. boom our friend jen hansen almost got a part on that really yeah yeah like a big role or no just a a character they needed for a bit oh okay that would have been cool yeah. I don't know anyone who is in Hung. Do you? No, no. I, I don't think. I, I I feel like I do, but I can't because I just remember a lot of this is almost like the beginning of the MySpace into Facebook switch. Right. Okay. So I remember a lot of yapping, but I can't remember who was doing it. Yeah. 
<laughs> because that's how I remember conversations by what medium they're on. <laughs> Platforms are important, kids. I wouldn't remember because back then I was just jealous. And if anyone said that they got on something, I'd be like, <laughs> why did they ask me? I think that's about the time I, I just started improvising. So I was like, I'm not ready yet. That's good yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I Well, you know, I've been a comedian for a long time, so I was very self-absorbed. Yeah. I don't think I am anymore. I, I hope I'm not. Time does that to you. you yeah. Gotta, I'm yeah. able to genuinely feel good for our friends when they get good things happening to them. So feels so much better. It really does. I, compared to keeping score, because uh, I've, oh. I've been guilty of that. Yeah. I've been guilty of that. Well, I, I think all of us who perform are guilty of that from and it's not to say that I won't be guilty of that again in the future, but I'm in a good place right now. Well, to be an, an artist and productive, you have to have drive. And until you are mature enough to fine tune that drive into something positive, unless you're naturally born with that, that personality, it's yeah, it, it can be bad. Yeah, it can. So they saved Teddy Roosevelt, which is kind of cool. I like the way that it was done. There's going to be a shootout and Phineas kind of tackle. Well, you know, <laughs> outruns the quickest <laughs> draw in the West and um, waits till Billy, the kid shoots all of his bullets and then um, yeah. tackles him. And, you know, because they did establish they're really good at like, foreshadowing bit or game of the scene or just i don't know how to call, like uh setting up stuff yeah. yeah yeah setting up stuff like uh oh billy the kid would not shoot anybody unless they're physically holding a gun right yeah and that they've used that against him a couple times because he's not a murderer he he, he wants to play by the like he wants to play by the rules like and he and to him it's it's like an honor thing if you do if you don't have a gun in your hand i won't shoot you but as yeah. soon as you touch a gun or like he'll throw one at you and if you catch it you're, you're <laughs> yeah. toast yeah he plays by the rules very fast and loose yeah 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 rules is in air quotes <laughs> yep there are, uh so then they go back to um it's the spanish-american war Right. Yeah. And um, rescue Teddy Roosevelt, who doesn't remember them at all. Thinks they look vaguely familiar. Right. But don't doesn't really remember you, the adult and the child. Who, right. In the funny clothes. Yeah. That jumped in front of you before you got shot and save your life. If I had a nickel every time someone saved my life, <laughs> I'd have 35 cents. And it doesn't even seem like they really needed Teddy Roosevelt because Phineas kind of saves the day with a bunch of dynamite. And um, I did like the gag where he's lighting all the dynamite with a cigar. And then the last one, he throws a cigar and then kind of looks at the dynamite in his hand. I thought that was funny. I did enjoy that. Yeah, I, I did. I, I I felt bad about how ineffective dynamite was as <laughs> as far as being an explosive yeah the first two people were just sleeping in chairs he threw the dynamite directly under them yeah and they're fine <laughs> oh yeah both of those guys uh are stunt men and yeah. they work together on uh jurassic park lost world i like it whenever i stumble across oh these these people keep working together so um Unfortunately, one of them is no longer with us, but uh, the other one, Thomas uh, Rosales Jr. is still with us. 
But, you know, here it is, 1982, 83, they're working together and then kept working together up until 1997 when they did Jurassic Park Lost World together. So I, I like to believe that they were best friends and they were roommates. And uh, when one of them got a gig, they got the other one a gig, too. And I think Thomas spoke at the other guy's funeral, I bet. I bet. And I bet he gave a great speech and everyone cried. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to say to that? <laughs> no, I just imagine imagining uh, the part after the Iron Man's funeral where he's like, I'll get you all the cheeseburgers you want to, to all his kids. <laughs> yeah. Going to full Favreau. <laughs> um, th- there's a character in this that I don't remember. And I named Ned Dawson. And he must have been during the Wild West portion. Maybe okay. he was one of Billy's. Um, could have been gang. the guy he took the whiskey from. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But he was played by Miguel Sandoval, who was um, I just watched HBO's Sharp Objects or Sharper Objects. And um, he was in that. And um, he was a really, really good actor. And uh, maybe he just looked completely different in this. But I, I didn't recognize him. I at hope all. he's not the colonel with the bad accent. <laughs> <laughs> He's gotten really good after 20 years of, you know, perfecting his craft. Right. Well, <laughs> well, a, a couple of things I want to go over. Like, yeah. So we talked about the relationship, the, the female lead. I can't think of her name. Or Rita. Rita. Asked Phineas, like, is that your son? And he's like, no, but I wish he was. Yeah. Uh, wow. That came out of nowhere. Yeah. And then, you know, so we have this conflict throughout the whole episode of hey stay away from this guy he's bad and the kid telling him i know i'm doing basically and runs off with billy the kid and when he realizes billy is a bad guy and phineas comes and rescues him like he just has another just a complete breakdown and there's hugging and crying and i thought yeah yeah just i wonder if this is going to be one of those things where they're showing episodes out of order and maybe they'll set it up in future episodes. But yeah, I'm curious to see next week what the relationship will be like, because it definitely has grown significantly from last week. Or maybe there's an episode about Stockholm and he realizes (laughs) that he too has Stockholm syndrome Uh, and it changes everything. I don't know. I, I, I am very curious about that because you're right. That did kind of take me by surprise where it's like, it's, huh, what? Yeah, he's supposed huh. to be this playboy. He's basically Kirk uh, going to yeah. every planet, meeting a, a, a woman. Kirk never wanted a kid, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's time traveling. Captain Kirk. Yeah. For him to like, oh, time to adopt. Like in the first episode, he was willing to like drop him off at the first jump they did. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we're only three episodes in and their relationship has changed drastically. I am curious to see next week where the relationship is at, because I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they did air these out of order from how they were written. Yeah, it is mostly uh, standalone episodes like there isn't really a huge character arc or through line to the series you know it's not like quantum leap where you know he was trying to get home even though quantum leap really didn't ever get any closer to an ending until the ending i won't be shocked if next week the relationship is not nearly as close as it was this week yeah because they have really got to pace out (laughs) yeah Yeah. Well, when we come back, let's improvise a scene with uh, 
comedian, sketch writer, improviser, Sam Rager. How does that sound? That sounds amazing. Sam almost killed me Saturday. Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) We were recording an episode of our You Made Me Watch podcast. (laughs) And Sam and Allison, and let's be honest, myself, made me laugh so hard that I started coughing and I passed out. What? Yeah. (laughs) Wow. I was out for almost 12 seconds. That's crazy. It was very very scary because it yeah. wasn't exactly like I remembered. I thought I was laughing and coughing a lot longer than I was, but it was really only laughing a couple coughs. Allison saying, don't die. And then I'm quiet. And then you just kind of hear like a like a gurgle. And I passed out with the microphone right in front of me and I kind of breathe heavily twice. And then I snore and Allison and Sam are going, Mike, 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 Mike. And then I throw the microphone onto the floor and I come to and it was scary. Like I came to, I didn't know what time of day it was. I didn't know where I was. And then like, as I started to realize where I was and everything, I looked at Sam and I had no idea who she was for like a minute, not a minute, but like a couple seconds. And then I go, Oh, like that's Sam. And then I was like trying to figure out why Sam was standing there. That first minute was very, very scary of coming to and not really knowing what was going on. Face got real purple. Yep. Uh, Very terrifying. Oh, I Uh, bet. Well, that's what you get for making fun of my scary movie. (laughs) (laughs) Which movie? (laughs) Sleepaway Camp. Oh, the original? Yep. Mm-hmm. Nice. Sam did not find it scary, so I wanted to scare her. <laughs> so I take it back. I find the end scene. I I think it's only because the mask on the person is like disjointed, but mm. that is creepy. I not, now after thinking about it more, I'm like, okay, it does have a scare factor at the end. Too little, too late. But just <laughs> you talking scare factors when you got a little kitten behind you. It's kind of yes. weird. <laughs> Is that the one from uh, Keith? Yeah. Oh, it looks so cute now. (laughs) It looks like a kitten. It doesn't look like so helpless. And (laughs) like, is it eating on its own or are you still having to give it the dropper? (laughs) Oh, what did Santiago end up naming it? Uh, Coquito. Which what does that mean? Um, it means little coconut, but in Puerto Aww. Rico, it's like a, it's basically like um, their alcoholic eggnog. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> huh. S- Santiago named something that, after alcohol. <laughs> what <a> shock. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so Bob and I are doing this podcast where we are revisiting the 1982-1983 television series Voyagers, which jumps through different eras of time. And then at the end of every episode, we are improvising a scene with one of our friends based on that episode. So the episode that we are talking about today features Ben Franklin, Billy the Kid, Teddy Roosevelt, and the Spanish-American War. So uh, we're with uh, Sam Rager, if I didn't already say that. She is uh, one of my closest friends in the whole world. And I feel like I say this a lot. She's also my child's godmother. And... um, a humongously talented comedian, writer, and improviser, and part of the Truthcast world. Uh, so thank you for being here, Sam. 
out of the th- themes from the episode, is there a scene that, or, or uh, a particular topic you would want to improvise a scene based on? Um, I am game for anything. I trust you both more than I trust myself. So. Well, you uh, are our guest. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And Bob <laughs> and I are gentlemen. Absolutely. So it is guest choice. Could I do uh, Ben Franklin? Okay. Sure. Cool. <laughs> All right. Oh, Mr. Franklin, we're so excited to have you here. Oh, well, it, it's nice to be here. And now, uh, the room is ready. Uh, and the guests will show up soon. Uh, so if you want to freshen up, please be <laughs> my guest. Who, who exactly is on the guest list? Oh, everybody. Checking guest list now. Guest list is as reads Thomas Jefferson, Ugh. Hank Quimby, mm. Mario Jacobson, Sally Struthers, and TBA. Are there more women? Are, uh, there were more ladies invited than, than just Sally Struthers, correct? Checking, processing, TBA could be male or female. I hope all, all female. Well, it seems like a quite the sausage fest. Well, you do realize, Mister Franklin, this is a going to be a fundraiser, uh, and it's whoever could buy pay the most for the tickets to enjoy your company is is the whole point of the evening, sir. Well, women have lots of ways to pay for tickets, mostly with being very industrious during their day. I am oh, very... Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, but some women choose to spend their money on other things, sir. Uh, it's, like it's ribbons? Just, uh, yeah, uh, ribbons, um, uh, food, uh, uh, fabric, uh, you know, uh, kittens, uh, everything. Humor processing detected sarcasm and a wink with the word industrious. Ha ha. Ha ha. Humor program initiated. Uh, you have to excuse my robot, Clyde. Uh, he's very honest. We, we can't unprogram him not to be honest. No, at least he gets my jokes. Oh, uh, the guests are arriving. Please welcome Sally Struthers to the soiree. Hello, I'm Sally Struthers. You are looking very ravishing tonight, Sally. Did you come with an escort? Oh. No, just me. I'm. I took an Uber. Would you? Hey, Benny. It's me, TBA. <sighs> Tiberius well, Brian Anderson. Well, Tiberius, uh, I I hope that you are ready for your speech tonight. I heard that TBA oh. is going to give quite the toast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, Sally. Uh. Yeah. Can you give me any pointers on giving a speech? Imagine the whole audience is dressed up like clowns. And then and then you you want to razzle them in the beginning. It's all about presentation. So you you tell a little joke, you make them swing, and then out comes the pocket money. Oh, the pocket money. Hey, trust me, I'm Sally Struthers. I, <laughs> I know how to finagle <laughs> the hoity-toity, if you will. 
Mr. Franklin, I got to be honest with you, uh, just like our buddy George, uh, I cannot tell a lie. I do not have a speech prepared. You're known for your wit. Why don't you give the speech? This is your oh. fundraiser. And Mr. You, Franklin, if yeah, you, you invent were, a lot of cool stuff. I mean, not as cool as that robot Clyde. I but do you, like electricity. Yeah, yeah, electricity. We couldn't have Clyde without the electricity yeah. that you, you know. You're welcome. I also did a lot more than just electricity. Like what? Name, you know what I mean? I three other inventions of yours. I invented the barrel roll. I invented sock for your hands with places for your thumbs to keep them warm in the winter. You really need a branding person because that is such a long name. I was thinking about I was thinking about sock hands. Sure. And and a third invention? I invented windows. Oh. <laughs> I love windows. I I mean, I, who could live without a window? I'm no. more of a Mac guy myself, but yeah, Windows, that's, you know, that's fine. <laughs> See, <laughs> Tiberius kept turning into Dickie Ricketts. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh. So, uh, Sam, you have a uh, new podcast. Yeah, um, it's called My Eulogies, Please, and uh, I co-host it with uh, Santiago Iglesias, um, and we have comics uh, who come and eulogize fictional characters, and they can play themselves or they can play uh, a character in that fictional character's life. Um, and I, I play the role of like a attention-hungry funeral director, and he <laughs> is a an intern that I'm making do this podcast with me. Reluctantly, <laughs> which I really like that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a great premise. It is very fun. Someone I don't want to say who, but does a very nice eulogy of Boba Fett. And um, what? Yeah, that's dope. Yes, it, it is such a funny premise. And if anyone knows your stand up, which they should, they should. Also right. download your album, Trigger Warning. You have such a dark sensibility, but you find mm -hmm. a way to make darkness disarming. And um, just by how honest you are about it, and you are such a brilliant creator that um, this podcast is such a cool idea. And right. I am glad that you let me be part of it. Mike, are you doing her eulogy? Because... <laughs> Well, save know. it for the podcast, sir. Sam isn't always the most upbeat person. So, yes, I have slowly been working on her eulogy since I've known her. Because I figure out sooner or later I'm going to have to deliver it. <laughs> You're already picked out as one of the people to carry my oh, casket. Oh, good. <laughs> I assume I'm going to uh, have most of my friends outlive me, but Sam is one of those. Could go either way. <laughs> <laughs> that's dark i love it <laughs> all right bob so uh next week we have episode four of the voyagers show yeah join us on our facebook group and let us know uh what you think of voyagers what you think of the podcast yeah. um i believe you can find most of these on youtube if you want to watch it for free 
Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Or you can just um, spend $17 on Amazon like Bob and I did and just buy There's it. probably like four left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll be back next week for episode four of Voyagers. I've never seen it. I've never seen. It's a lot of fun. It's a it's surprise. It's not bad. Yeah. yeah. For 80s, it's really not bad. Yeah. It's um surprising how much they pack into these 44 minute episodes. Yeah. And it, it's pretty solid where, you know, usually there's an A story and a B story and they tie together really nicely. Yeah. Uh, next week's episode, by the way, is called Agents of Satan. Oh, yeah. Originally came out on Halloween <laughs> 1982. Oh, that's perfect. Well, this has been another right. episode it- of Bats Breath. A Voyager's podcast. Bye. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Sam. All right. See you next week, Bob. See you guys. Bye. Bye.